dashing round Park Run on a gorgeous summer's day. Over the hills we go, puffing all the way. Volunteers are great, they make our spirits bright. What fun it is to run and sing a Park Run song tonight. Oh, Park Run swell, Park Run swell, at Park Run we all yay. Oh, what fun it is to run a Park Run course today, hey! Park Run swell, Park Run swell, at Park Run we all yay! Oh, what fun it is to run on a gorgeous summer's day. Merry Christmas, Mel. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas, Santa. I mean, Scotty. I'm I'm oftenly mistaken for Santa at this time of year, as you can tell by my authentic ho-ho-ho to greet us to episode 95 of the Parkrun Adventurers, the final one for this year. And it's going to be, it's going to be huge. (laughs) Massive. Longest episode ever. So if if you're used to our usual 40 to 60 minute episodes, this one will get you through January because it goes <laughs> a little bit longer. But hopefully you'll enjoy it all the same. One thing, you know one thing I've missed, Mel? I've missed, I've missed the news. Remember when we used to do the news? Yes, the news was great. The news was also a lot of work, but it was great. <laughs> well, let's bring it back. It's time for the news. The Parkrun Adventurers this week finished the year on a festive note, releasing their Cracker 95th episode of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. The 45 episodes of the PA pod released in 2017 were listened by people in Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, China, Indonesia, Thailand, the United Arab Emirates, Turkey, Greece, France, Spain, the UK, Ireland, Switzerland, Poland, Germany, Denmark, Sweden, Canada, and the US of A. 2,471 minutes of audio was released, not including the two bumper hours plus of episode 95. Interviews, conversations, and general banter were had with 113 guests. 116 hours were spent Googling animal photos to use for the episode release Facebook posts. And 57 roving reports were submitted by the dedicated Channel 5 news crew, as well as many roving adventurers. 2017 had many highlights. Globally, Parkrun received its 4 millionth registration. And Finland, Norway and Germany joined the list of countries where people can seek a Parkrun adventure. For the Parkrun Adventurers, Scotty strongly resisted his urge to change our logo every month and we've maintained the same logo all year. That will change for episode 96. Mel missed recording for episode 71 due to being in hospital after delivering the adventurous and early baby Wes. And even more excitingly, Scotty got a new Parkrun PB. After Wes's birth, Mel averaged getting her boobs out on course at one in every three Parkruns. Scotty relished his new working environment to record eight episodes tops off. Mel learned that she always does the introductions on even episodes and it only took her 93 episodes to come to this realisation. And once again, countless adventures have been had. It's been a big year, Scotty. Lots of highlights. Mm, Wowzers. Lots of highlights. A couple of the uh, 
Celia highlights in the news there. Give me some of your um, other highlights throughout the year, Mel. Obviously, Wes entering the world has taken a lot of your focus, but surely there must be a couple of other highlights interspersed. Um, well, from a podcast perspective, I need to say right now that the the adventurers who are listening in would have noticed we had a slightly different um, intro music this week. It was all festive. And it was also a big highlight for me because that was our Channel 5 news crew wishing everybody, um, well, a Merry Christmas through song. And yeah, there was a highlight for me that we have these guys on board doing so many roving reports and and being part of the team. We've got a big team now. It's not just you and me anymore. No, it is. I agree with you, Mel. I love them too. They're, they're awesome. And the best thing is... We don't re- we don't know these people like we've never never met them before doing the podcast or not not entirely true but they weren't close friends or family that we've roped in that you might expect us to have done no we we didn't directly solicit them they just you know saw an opportunity to to join the crew for having some fun and we have come to love them and appreciate all their efforts every year and I mean seriously. What more can you ask of anyone than requesting that they sing a Christmas carol that's been made up with parkrun lyrics and they, they, all of them jump to it and say, yep, we'll do that. And that's not the last you've heard of them for this episode. Our jokes are back. Our bonbon jokes are back. And true Ooh, to form. Bonbon jokes. True to form. Our news crew have delivered in spades. On those, but last year, Mel, I cracked open a bonbon in our Christmas episode. This year, we're taking it a little bit of a different slant in the Trickett household. We're oh. trying to be well. We're, we're we're ditching the bonbons. We're actually ditching wrapping paper and Christmas cards this year too. We're how trying... how do you ditch wrapping paper? Do you just like throw blankets over the presents, or that's been suggested? Wrap it up in some clothes. Pillowcases? Yeah, pillowcases, that sort of thing. Not sure how it'll go, but we're trying. We're trying. We care for the environment. We care for planet Earth. So we're just having a Christmas without them. But I've still brought my jokes. Okay, good. Well, I um, am also caring for the environment by recycling a bonbon that I made last year and never cracked. So while you will not be snapping a bonbon, I have a bonbon to snap. So do you want to go first? With my joke, while you get your bonbon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Did you hear about the dyslectic? <laughs> <laughs> I like this one already. <laughs> did you hear about the dyslexic devil worshipper? I did not. He sold his soul to Santa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That's a good it one. has started. Yes. The first terrible bonbon joke for the episode. All right. Well, I've got mine, so I'm going to get the um, – I'm going to hold on to t- both ends myself. It's This is actually more difficult than you imagine because, you know, you're they're quite big and your arms don't necessarily go out all the way. All right, but are you ready? Yep. Oh, there we go. Did you win? Got, I, I did win. Well done. Well, my right, my right hand won and my left hand lost. Um, and I've got a measuring tape is my little my little prize, which is always handy. Everybody needs a measuring tape. And I've got a little blue crown. And here we go. Here's the joke. 2017 from Mel. 
What do you call a man with a spade on his head? Doug. Oh, <laughs> you've heard this one before. I have. <laughs> but that's okay because last year you got my joke. I did. I, I guess you're doing the year. tradition every year. <laughs> Although, what are we going to do next year if everybody's socially responsible and looks after the environment? No crackers? We'll just have to everybody Google jokes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Let's worry about that next year. Let's focus on Christmas 2017. Okay. But you did ask me what my highlights were, and I didn't ask you what yours were for this year. Well, look, Parkrun highlights for me. I got to visit, as, as everybody knows, I got to visit the UK in the middle of the year, uh, which was very exciting. And I also got to start working for Parkrun, which was also a kind of a highlight, uh, if you will, to turn your hobby into your job. I couldn't, you know, it's a dream job. It really is. And it has been. I love the team that uh, I work with here at Parkrun Australia. I'm really looking forward to our team growing next year. Hopefully that will happen, but um, that's Parkrun Highlight. Also, the, the podcast itself, you know, what we do, and, and at times, I think, Mel, and Mel, you know, it's been a challenge for me this year, the, the podcast. I've, I, I love the recording side of it. I love getting together with you, and because of our flexibility this year, we've done it during the day, and... That part of it's been great, but the uh, time constraints to edit it have been challenging, but I've loved doing it. I've loved catching up with you, and and as you alluded to, our roving reports this year. I love it when they come into our inbox, because we never, we never know when they're coming, and they just come, and we hear about, we hear from these park runs and these new park runners uh, every week, a different perspective, so... And it's always a surprise and something for us to listen to that we don't already know about as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, we never know it's coming. We just check the inbox on a Monday or a Tuesday and just sort of hope. And as we said in the news, we've had heaps this year and hope that we will have continue next year. Lots of little mini Christmases for us throughout the year when we receive those. Um, the other highlight is, of course, my newfound love of Netflix, which, <laughs> <laughs> which I think we've got some good news. On that, um, you did you get the phone number that we were looking for? Yes, yeah. Should we do that now? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm excited. Let's let's do it. For those playing along at home and have listened and are up to date with all our episodes, you would be aware of our newfound love of Netflix, and you'd also be aware that Netflix haven't come back to us with any sponsorship money. So we thought we'd rectify that. We're in a festive mood, so we're hoping Netflix will be in a festive mood. So we're just going to put in a call to the head office and find out exactly what's going on. So let me just uh, dial them up. I reckon everyone feels generous at this time of year, Scotty. I think we're in with a good chance. I hope so, Mel. Okay, here we go. Dialing. Hello, Netflix. Oh, yes, hello, uh, Netflix. This is Scott Trickett from the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. Obviously, you've heard of us. Um, we just wanted to find out uh, why you guys, you're obviously very busy over Christmas time, and we were just wondering why you haven't uh, responded to any of our emails or messages so far. Uh, sorry, let me stop you there. Scott who from what? Yep, yep, don't pretend. 
Scott Trickett, Parkrun Adventurers Podcast, number one Parkrun Podcast. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this, is that, is that you, Kevin? Not Kevin Spacey, no. No? Okay. I hope, do, do you act like Kevin Spacey? Uh, no, no. Are you calling about our smash hit The Crown? Uh, no, no, I haven't got onto The Crown yet. Let, let me just interrupt here, Scotty. Um, hi, Netflix. I'm Mel. I'm I'm the the co-host here on Parkrun Adventures. I'm sure you're aware that um, you guys are going to be bankrolling um, a Netflix original called The Parkrun Adventures very soon. So we're just a little bit confused why you know we haven't had any open communication with you yet. Right. Okay. Well, look, that could be a little bit above my department. But uh, look, maybe what I can do is speak to someone in our marketing team and get them to call you back. Yes, call you back. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. How about that? That would be great. That would be great. Thank you. Thanks okay. for your time. All right. And Merry uh, Christmas. Good luck. <laughs> okay. okay. I think that went well, Mel. I, I, well, I don't know, Scotty, were you, um, what, did you pick up a hint of patronising in that voice toward the end there? No, no, very genuine. I felt it was very genuine. I, I think we're going okay. to get a call from their marketing people. Their people are going to call our All people. Right. I'm excited. Maybe we, maybe we should have given them our phone number again. Hey, let's crack on. Let's crack on. Um, okay. Last year, we brought uh, the boss back and... Our new Christmas tradition is to bring the boss back. So welcome back to the Parkrun Adventurers, Mr. Tim Oberg. Hello, Netflix. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Hang on, something's up. What's going on? G'day, Tim. Hey, Scotty. Hey, Mel. How are you? So, so weird you're, you're talking about Netflix, Tim. We were just talking to Netflix. Oh, yeah. No, it's been forever since we've spoken, so... Um... Yeah. Anyway, good luck with good luck with Netflix. Yeah, I'm 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 hopeful. Really good signs. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, uh, you and Elsie Wellings, and we kicked off Fast Five K for Christmas. All I want is a Fast Five K for Christmas. This Saturday is D Day. Personally, are you on track? Yeah, I am. I think so. It's been a, a ten-week training block. Uh, I'm in my taper week this week, which is much needed because it, it's actually um, yeah, it's, it's worn me down. This this ten ten solid weeks of training I, when uh, I hadn't really done anything like this for a while. So I'm uh, my legs are my legs are pretty tired and heavy. Um, so this this week is a, a much a much needed taper week. This morning was my interval session, which was six by 200 meters so you know next to nothing really i think i, I ran more in my warm-up and warm down than i than i did in my actual the actual core of the session but that's the whole point of the taper week so yeah all the training's gone well i've got all the sessions in um they've all been you know i felt good i'm not injured which is good um and we'll see what happens on saturday and the feedback in the group has been good too. There's a few people who have already achieved their goals. Some people achieved them really early. I couldn't join along with the program, mainly because I'm a bit soft, but um, plenty have. So there's going to be not just you, but a few more going for their PVs. On yeah, the yeah, absolutely. And look, I'd say as much as I'm looking forward to, uh, to my run, I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh you know the our facebook group i think it's got about 800 members 
um, 732 members actually. I'm really looking forward to to seeing uh, what everyone else uh, posts on uh, on uh, on Saturday um, after that after they have their park run. So there's been some great great conversations, great banter that's gone on over the last 10 weeks. Um, a lot of people being really supportive of each other and giving tips about um, you know how they think other people can improve and and so on. So. Yeah, it's been re- really positive just to see all that. I, I probably more than I expected, if I'm honest. Probably didn't expect so many people and so much um, really supportive uh, chat. Um, so yeah, really, really looking forward to seeing how many people you know post on on Saturday saying that they've had a good run, had a PB, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As you say, Tim, you feel like you've already won, and I'm sure many of the people in the group already feel that way too. If anything, at least you know it's. Um got everybody running through this really hot time of year which I know I personally struggle with a lot so it's kept motivation high so congratulations and well done to both you and Elsie for getting everybody to this point yeah thanks that's no, been really good this might become an annual annual thing for me I think my uh, 10 weeks before Christmas keep, keep me on my toes <laughs> now speaking of an annual thing last year we asked you what were the highlights for you of 2016 and so we'd like to know how 2017 went for you and and what some of the highlights were yeah sure sure well uh obviously we can talk about from a parkrun level or a personal level so i'll just rattle off a few things and um yeah hopefully it'll all make sense but i think uh, from a from a parkrun perspective when we went down to canberra um, and, and, and did some uh, promotion of parkrun down there at Parliament House. That was really successful couple of days, Very a lot of support from both sides of Parliament uh, and I think has really set us up well for uh, starting to look to work uh, with, with um, the federal government uh, moving forward in 20, 2018. I mean, I know we're already uh, in conversations with the Department of Health, so... Uh, so that sort of stuff's really exciting for for, for Parkrun. Um, I've had a, a great year of uh, watching my uh, Jack in particular, um, so my my five year old, uh, watching him starting to enjoy his park running. So he's he's gone from being a uh, a pram pram runner or me pushing him in the pram as a baby, to uh, to then being in a double pram with his sister when she came along. Uh, and now, and now he's uh, running, running and run walking uh, the, the the 5k park run, and, and Evie's now in the double pram with Archie. So, uh, so it's been it's been really great watching uh, watching the kids grow, I guess, and grow up around park run. I mean, they don't they don't know any different than to be up on a Saturday morning going to park run, which I think is a great a great thing for them. Um, I think we've uh, our our team has grown, our our staff, our parkrun staff has grown this year. So um, we've gone from um, well, last year it was myself, and then myself plus Renee Gimbert, and then obviously Scotty, you've come on, and uh, and Nikki Waterfall, and now Carol Cunningham. So that our team has grown, and that's just made uh, an incredible difference to me, both professionally and personally. So that's been a huge highlight, and that's probably something that most parkrunners wouldn't really be that aware of but obviously for 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 us it's it's huge uh and then i guess you know you could say this every year about parkrun but just the continued growth of the organization uh you know we've probably launched um 
you know, 50, maybe more than 50 events this year, I'd say. I'm not, not exactly sure on the numbers, but uh, in this calendar year, I'd say it'd be, be over 50 events and, uh, you know, our, our registrations have gone up incredibly and as has a number of people who are participating every single week. So it's sort of sitting around the high 20,000s now and also about 2,000 or 2,500 volunteers uh, every week, I think, if I'm correct. I hope I'm using the right numbers. Um, so, look, I think, uh, you know, there's some some real top-line sort of highlights of the year for me, but it's been, yeah, certainly another fantastic year in parkrun. We launched 66 events this year, Tim. 66? Than, oh, jeez. More wow. than one a week. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, that's, that's a big, big increase. I think it was 48 the year before. So that's a pretty significant increase. And uh, obviously, we've got some great partnerships uh, that have facilitated that, our partnership, our partnership long-term partnership with Medibank and, and also our short-term partnership we have with uh, Embracing 2018, the uh, Commonwealth Games, Gold Coast Commonwealth Games legacy program. So um, that's really given us, uh, not that we needed a, any any more momentum, but it's, it's, it's increased the momentum to uh, help us continue to grow. So yeah, it's been a fantastic year, that's for sure. And, uh, and of course, the Parkrun Adventures podcast, uh, which uh you know, I, I, it would be remiss of me once again to not uh, say what a highlight this is every week and, and what a great job you guys do. So, um, you know, there's a, a, a very passionate following for what you guys put out every week. So well done, guys. Thanks. That's obviously your number one highlight. So you left it till last. Um, well, forget about my five-year-old running park run. It's, it's all about the podcast. Yeah, good. <laughs> Moving on to next year. So we're going to grow even more next year do you think i think we've got more launches planned i think we might crack through 66 next year yeah i think so as well um i mean you know them we haven't had a year where the uh where we've decreased our output so to speak so i mean if we've launched 66 this year then i think it's a safe bet that we're going to launch more than 66 next year and uh, of course um the junior park run is on the horizon we've already had a you know an official announcement about uh, our intention to launch Junior Park Run. Um, so there's going to be some, I think, some big news on that in the new year in terms of uh, actual locations and dates. So that will uh, that will increase our uh, activity as well. Um, but yeah, just just the sort of Saturday Park Run launches continue to go from strength to strength, and um, yeah, it's been such a thrill to see Park Runs launching in in such a lot of small towns have really taken on Park Run in the last twelve months and. You know, events where there's 20 and 30 and 40 people attending, and um, you know, for me, I think this is this is really uh, wonderful because a lot of these smaller towns, there isn't much else going on, and and so to have a park run uh, come to small regional locations, I think is really really valuable. So, yeah, really hoping to see more of that next year. Can we just quickly touch on junior park run because I know so many of our park runners are keen to know what's going on, and we've said it's been coming for a while now, but. We still yep. haven't launched. So can we just put everybody's yep. minds at ease and let them know what's yep. happening there? Yep, absolutely. So so basically what we are working on behind the scenes is a safeguarding document. And so this is basically Parkrun's policies on how we are going to look after children when they come to junior parkrun because uh, it's a lot different to Saturday parkrun because ultimately at a Saturday parkrun the children are the responsibility of their parent or guardian uh, whereas a junior parkrun uh, because children are able to participate 
uh, on their own. Mum and dad don't doesn't uh, do not don't have to run with, run or walk with them. So we're assuming a lot more responsibility of children at junior park run than we are at uh, 5k park run. Um, and so we're working on these policy documents. We have a, a part time staff member, uh, Linda, who's working on that full time. She's a safeguarding expert. Um, now. The, the, the tricky part is that each state in Australia has different legislation around um, child safeguarding. So it's a quite a long process to, um, I guess, sign off on, on this document. We're, we're working with our Parkrun Global team as well to make sure that the policy is in line with the global policies. So basically, that's that's where it's at right now. The, where we're... Um, I'd say we are three quarters of the way there in terms of the the policy, um, but you know that's that's when I say three quarters, that's three quarters of a policy that we've been working on for probably over a year, I'd say. Um, so it's still uh, a few months away from being done. But as soon as that policy is done and is signed off by the team at Parkrun Global, then it, that'll that'll set us in motion. We'll be able to look at. Um, locking in launch locations and dates and so on. So, yeah, that's really what's, um, what's keeping us. And, and the reason we're taking so long with it is that it, it, it's something that I guess just shows how seriously we take that responsibility of um, of having children at, at Parkrun. Um, so it's not something we're going to rush due to public demand or anything like that. You know, we have to get the policy right. Once it's right, then we can go. And the runners will be ready and waiting, I've no doubt. Yeah, won't they? <laughs> For sure. Now, Tim, if you could, it's it's the festive season, but if you could have one Christmas wish for park runners this year, what would it be? Ooh, for park runners. Um, look, I think the one thing that I lose sleep over when it comes to park run is around health the health and safety of our park runners um and and we've already uh you know you know we've seen that by uh our our dfibs for park run campaign we've invested a a lot of time and a lot of money in in um making sure that uh, almost all of our vets now have access to a defibrillator um and so i guess my one christmas wish for park runners is that when they're at park run um that that their park running in, in a healthy and a safe environment and that their own personal health is good so that we, you know, we want to see people coming to park run and, and doing so uh, in, in good health. So, so I think that's my, my, my one wish is, is for um, happy and healthy park runs to continue. Once again, we're going to put you on the spot, Mr. Oberg, and how about we finish off with a now traditional Christmas bonbon joke, have you got one ready to go? Well, how about why did the birdie go to hospital? No idea. To get a treatment. <laughs> <laughs> to get a treatment. Get it? Get it? Tweet? Oh, we got it. <laughs> That's not bad, eh? Actually, no, I, I, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I did just quickly Google that as soon as you brought it up. I've never heard that one before. So, <laughs> what, did, what did the girl say to her grandfather when he fell in the river? Paddle pop. <laughs> that wouldn't make sense in other countries. Do they have paddle pops overseas?
Yeah. Not sure. Uh, not too sure. But uh, yeah, no, there's some there's some classics out there, aren't there? But, I'd, uh, the there are. I'd add the first one to your repertoire. Might might leave the panel. Yeah. Quick tap tweetman. Have a tweetman. Yeah. No, it's not bad. <laughs> no, no, there we go. The old the old bon bon jokes. Hey, they are they are crackers. They are crackers, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us um, for the last episode of 2017, Tim. Loved having you on the show again and um, look forward to having you back in 2018. All right. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Mel. And thanks to all your listeners for supporting the show and, of course, for supporting Parker. Hey, Mel Scott and all fellow parkrun adventurers, it's PK here, your on-the-spot Channel 5 reporter checking in from South Australia with another roving... Uh, nah, actually, it's just uh, to wish everyone a wonderful festive season and superb, safe New Year. Uh, thanks, Mel and Scott, uh, for another stellar year of quality content full of both education and entertainment, just the way we all love it, and, of course, all about running. Um, it's been a pleasure to pop in uh, here and there to add to the fun, uh, and what an honour to be part of the now expanded Channel 5 news team. Superb to have all the other reporters on the road, all slaving away and loving it. Uh, looking forward to plenty more of it in 2018, uh, and thanks also, to, of course, to Parkrun Australia for continuing to launch new events every week, so we have more reason to get out there and yabber away. So, yeah, have a brilliant Christmas. Uh, and if you miss out on a dodgy joke uh, in your Christmas cracker, there's always this one. Hey, PK, what do you call an alligator in a vest? I don't know, PK. What do you call an alligator in a vest? An investigator. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Or maybe you prefer this gem. Uh, what did the gardener do when he got excited? He wet his plants. <laughs> Um, one more to bring it on home in case you already knew or had heard those um, why do basketballers always stay at home because they're not allowed to travel <laughs> alright well that's enough dodginess for one report um, at least I'm laughing uh, thanks again Mel and Scott it's been a treat um, uh, being lucky enough and honoured um, uh, to be a part of the, uh, the podcast this year um, and it was also superb to meet you both um, in Nuriut Park, uh, Park Run earlier this year as well. Hope to catch up with you sometime in 2018 at an event, face-to-face, -face, IRL. Um, this is PK over and out. Until next time, see ya! For our final guest for 2017, you guys have told us you love the behind-the-scenes stuff. So we're hunted down an Aussie who has infiltrated the Parkrun UK scene. We're going to chat to Glenn Turner, who is the Press and Media Manager for Parkrun UK. Welcome to the podcast, Glenn. Thanks, Scott. Great to be here. Uh, so, Glenn, what that title, what, what actually do you do? What does your job involve for Parkrun UK? Well, that's an, that's an excellent question, Scott. I'm not always sure myself, um, but... To give you some idea, I'm the press and media manager, uh, and I cover both Parkrun UK and Parkrun Ireland. Uh, my role's evolved uh, quite a bit over the past two and a half years. Uh, when I first came on, um, about 50% of my time was taken up with Facebook and Twitter, um, as well as doing the weekly newsletters for the UK and for Ireland. And uh, the rest of the time was spent 
basically talking to journalists, um, we were getting to the point in the UK where we were attracting uh, quite a bit of interest uh, from regional and national journalists um, who'd heard about Parkrun, heard about this concept that was getting people running, getting them walking, volunteering, bringing communities together. And they were very, very intrigued by that, but weren't quite sure how they could cover it because on our website they would see a list of times and results, which uh, to many looks like a race. Um, but obviously our narrative is very, very different. We're talking around volunteering and social cohesion and, and bringing communities together. Um, so they were looking at it and saying, well, in a two or three minute um, piece on telly or a two minute piece on radio or in a newspaper, um, how can I communicate this and, and make people understand what Parkrun's all about? Um, so by doing that, we generated quite a lot um, of press coverage and that snowballed over time. So over the past couple of years, um, I've now given up the, the social media stuff uh, to a couple of other people who now do that, and I purely focus um, on the external communication. So the press and media side of things, and also doing the newsletters for the UK and Ireland. So we've got to the point in the UK now um, where we have about 50 articles a week um, on Parkrun, as well as uh, TV uh, and radio segments. So um, it, is, it is a very, very big part of my role now. Um, and as time goes on, we're only going to attract uh, more attention. So that's the way that my, my role's evolved over time. Um, and apart from that, um, also various bits and bobs that come in um, around publicity. So uh, Paul Sinton Hewitt and I uh, live and work quite closely together, um, and he's a very uh, sought-after person. I think I'm right in saying that this podcast last year, uh, PSH was the guest. Um, so no pressure on me to fill those big shoes this year. Um, but Paul is a very popular guy um, in the UK. A lot of people want him to go and speak um, at university lectures at all kinds of different functions. So I work closely with Paul to look at all the offers that come in um, and try and work out the ones that he can attend and, and manage those appearances too. So it's a very, very, very varied role, but um, no day is the same. Um, it keeps me um, entertained, shall I say. It sounds like it also keeps you very busy. Glenn, with the media who approach you and want to do articles, do you find there are a lot of challenges in that um, sometimes they're looking for, sh- not shocking, shocking's not the thing, but you know, like potentially a negative angle that or sensational, sensational is the word that I'm looking for. They're looking for something sensational to write. Do you find you get many approaches that are like that or are most people just looking for the good news stories? Um, it's a really, really good question. I think um, sensational is probably too strong a word, but I think we need to be realistic and say that any journalist needs to have a substantial hook, in inverted commas, before they can take a story forward. Um, so before their editor will sign off on a story, um, it needs to be quite strong. Uh, it just depends what angle that's going to be. So we will always, I think the, the two things that journalists will always need, they'll need people and they'll need numbers. And we're really lucky in Parkrun in that we have uh, four million people, and we have more stats than you can poke a stick at. So from my point of view, it's a way of finding those people who've got really, really strong parkrun stories to tell, and then backing that up with a few statistics around that event or that region or that country or you know whatever it might be in terms of the coverage. So in general, I think journalists are looking for really good news, human interest stories. 
it just needs to be strong enough that, that they feel convinced that anybody either reading their newspaper or magazine or watching on television or listening on the radio is going to be you know, captured by that story um, and feel compelled to either listen to it or to, to watch it. So I think we're, we're really lucky in that because we have so many people um, who are willing to share their stories, uh, we can generally find somebody who has a really strong story to tell and then we let them do that. So I can't think of too many times where there's been um, a real sensational approach. But I think in those instances, um, by turning it around and saying, look, we've got some, some really powerful real-life stories here that you can use, uh, then it kind of leads them more in the direction that we want to go in. That's good to hear. I know oftentimes uh, they, they are literally just looking for that headline that's going to grab people and get them reading. And whether or not it's damaging to us or other people, uh, I in my experience, a lot of them don't really care, but it's good to see that you're you're sending them in the, the happy direction. I think so. One one other point was that um, generally the the journalist who writes the story, if it's in print, um, is not the person who writes the headline. So somebody is going to skim through that article um, and put a headline together, which more often than not um, has nothing to do with or doesn't really reflect accurately on Parkrun, shall we say? Um, so headlines are one thing. Um, but once you actually get into the, the nitty-gritty of the story, um, I think nine times out of ten, they definitely do us justice in the way that we're covered, which is, which is really positive. Awesome. So I imagine you have a little bit of an overlap between the kind of things that you put out to media in that respect and the content that you use for the newsletters. Do you have any trouble finding content every week? Because, yes, we, we have like a large population base in terms of participation, but how do you find the stories? Do the people come to you? Do you go searching for them? Um, it goes both ways. Um, I think generally, probably about 80% of the time, the stories come to us. And I think the, the main, one of the main challenges for me in the past couple of years has been really to reach out to event teams um, and say, look, we are always on the lookout for really strong human interest stories. Um, and what's really important to us is that we get a really good, I guess, geographical and demographic spread on those stories. So at any one time, we might have 15 or 20 stories of people who've gone from being completely inactive um, in a really bad place in their life to starting to exercise, um, coming into parkrun either as a walker, a runner, a volunteer, and then a year or two later um, can really speak to people and say, look, I've been through this experience. Parkrun has really helped me turn my life around. Um, maybe it can help you as well. And so we've got all of these banked up stories, um, but they do sound um, a little bit similar with all due respect to the people who have written them for us. So the challenge for us is not the amount of content, it's the diversity of that content. So it's trying to find um, different stories that are out there each week. Um, so different age groups, different parts of the country, different experiences, different backgrounds, really trying to show the diversity of Parkrun. Uh, and I think as we go forward uh, with the, the new newsletter templates we use now, for example, um, we're getting to a point where we can uh, segment the newsletters so not everybody will receive the same newsletter each week. Um, we can tailor it. So if somebody um, has got a really powerful story in one part of the UK, for example, say in Scotland, we could use that as the headline story in Scotland for the newsletter. So everybody registered in Scotland will receive a newsletter with a Scottish story at the top, for example. Um, and so by using the, the functionality within the newsletter templates that we have now, um, we can tailor the content to people in different parts of the country. So uh, whereas previously we might have had 15 stories of people who've been complete beginner park runs and they're talking about their park run journey. 
uh, we can match up and say we think this part of the parkrun population would really um, relate to this story. Um, and so we can make sure they receive that. So as we go forward, um, we're getting to a point where um, we can never have too much content. Anything that we have come through, uh, we can use. Um, and on the flip side of that, to answer the other part of your question, um, we, do, uh, we do look at the areas of the country and different demographics where we have stories or don't have stories from. Um, and more and more, we reach out to those people, those areas, um, and say, look, we haven't really represented you um, in the newsletter or in any of our comms previously. Um, it would be great to hear from you. Um, whether it's to showcase your event, to um, do a story about a case study up there um, or whatever it might be, something that we can put that area or that demographic um, on the parkrun map for 15 minutes, if you like. And what we normally find is once we once we break down that barrier um, between um, us and that area or, or whatever it might be, um, we then tend to find that, um, that leads start to come through in the future from that area. So once they've seen, yes, um, it's great that our parkrun has been in the spotlight in the newsletter, for example, they're then more acutely aware that, um, that we are always looking for that content and they start to send us dribs and drabs through. So it's sort of a, a perpetual thing, I guess. Um, the, more, uh, the more content we produce, um, the more leads we get back. Speaking of diverse stories, there's one area of the parkrun community or one section of the parkrun community that we don't hear a lot about and it's growing here in Australia and that's our refugee park runners. I understand you've got a great story brewing about a certain refugee getting involved in park run over there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I met with a, uh, a refugee, African refugee, um, last week. Um, he, he was incarcerated in his home village uh, a couple of years ago and escaped from prison under, un, under, under the background of gunfire. Um, fled across Africa, uh, across the Med, got through Europe and ended up in Calais in France um, at a refugee camp that's called The Jungle. Uh, he managed to get across to the UK and has been seeking um, asylum status ever since. Uh, now, he, um, he, was, he ended up being billeted um, by a family in London and he was obviously extremely depressed um, and lonely because he couldn't, he couldn't work, had no permanent status, um, his family obviously didn't travel with him. Um, so he was in a really, really bad place. And one of the biggest problems that he had was that um, he couldn't sleep. He said, I don't leave the house each day. I don't exercise. Um, I miss my family. I've got a really uncertain future. Uh, I just can't get to sleep for days at a time. Uh, so the family that he um, is living with, they're not parkrunners, but they knew of parkrun. Um, and they suggested that he go along purely um, on a Saturday to run 5K in the hope that he'd be able to sleep on Saturday night after after having a blast out over 5K. Uh, so they, they signed him up, they took him down there and realised that he is actually um, an extremely good runner. So uh, he, he travels between two different park runs um, in southeast London and a couple of weeks ago he broke the course record at one of them. Uh, so he's got um, an extreme talent. In the meantime, he's been picked up um, by one of the local running clubs and they've been working closely with him and he's been running in the cross-country league this year. So that's really, that's really, really helped him in terms of not just finding a focus in life, but also expanding his social circles. Uh, so he's, he's making friends through Parkrun. Um, and even though it is a, still a very uncertain time, um, he does sound actually quite positive. And his story has been, it's been actually shown on the, in part um, on the BBC as part of a wider, a wider show they were doing um, on refugees. 
and it was also picked up a while ago by the Guardian newspaper. Um, so they were focusing mainly on on his um, on his running ability and joining the athletics club and doing really well in local races. So I wanted to speak to him to find out more about how it all started from the parkrun angle, um, both in terms of his running and also in the contacts and the friends uh, that he's made through that. Um, so yeah, a really really lovely young man, um, only in his early twenties, and a really compelling story to share. So. Uh, we're working together. His English isn't great, so we're working together to put something put something out there. So hopefully it'll be uh, either in um, the last newsletter of this year or the first one of next year. You, I mean, obviously this gentleman has got an amazing parkrun story in terms of how he he came to know about parkrun, but we haven't actually heard yours. How did you get involved with parkrun in the first place? Uh, well... Rewinding quite a bit, I suppose. Um, it was uh, early 2010. Um, the previous year, um, I've been living in the UK since um, the same week Parkrun started, actually, in October 2004. Um, but um, by 2010, a Parkrun had come to the town that I was living in, uh, which is called Bromley in southeast London. Uh, I'd been away for a year in 2009. Um, I took a belated gap year and travelled around the world. And when I came back, um, I was not in great shape, uh, as you might expect, having had 12 months uh, travelling around the world. So uh, I promptly signed up to my first marathon, which was to be in the September. Um, and I needed to find a way to get fit and to get running. Um, so I went back to a running club that I belonged to a few years previously when I first started running. Um, and the first night when I was down there, uh, the club president stood up, um, and said, there's this great new concept called park run, uh, which has started. And I'd encourage all of you to go along, uh, get involved, uh, wear your club singlets, speak to people about joining the club, um, and just be really, really good ambassadors. Um, cause we think this is, um, an absolutely transformational concept because there are people there of all ages of all abilities um, and we think it's great for you guys as club runners but also a great way to, to advertise the club um, and given this was one of the most established uh, running clubs anywhere in the world uh, Blackheath and Bromley Harriers which has been around since the 1800s um, that was a real vote of confidence because um, I know a lot of a lot of old clubs are sort of steeped in tradition and say well you know we're more concerned with the, the pointy end runners uh, so for a big established club like that to suggest that we go down there was a real vote of confidence. So I went along there and did my first park run in April of 2010. Um, absolutely loved it. I'd never seen anything like it. I thought it was just absolutely brilliant. But um, 5K was certainly not the distance I wanted to be running at that time. Um, I just thought it was too short and, and too hard. Um, so from then on, I, I ran every month or so. But other than that, I was volunteering down there. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that. So I did that for a couple of years, um, and then when I moved to North London, I was working for the European Union at that time. Um, I was working um, in the area of sustainable travel, which is basically um, encouraging people to get to work any way apart from using their car, basically. And I knew that the area that I'd moved to was quite disadvantaged, that came out the bottom of London on a lot of the different scales they use. And I thought this would be a really impactful area to establish a park run. I know it'll be a really, really hard sell. Um, in this community, but I think it would be a really good thing to do. So having previously been a run director, um, I had some idea of what I was doing. Um, so we met with the local council, uh, with the park owners there. They were really keen to have a park run there. 
So very, very quickly, um, we managed to get that established. To give an idea of the park, it's a really beautiful park, but it wasn't in the most beautiful area. Um, the, the start line had council housing around it on three sides. I was often shifting homeless people off the course when I was doing course setup. There had been a murder in the park a couple of weeks before we started. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a brilliant area in that respect. And when we started it, we got really low numbers. I think we had seven or eight at our fifth event and then steadily increased after that, but only by two or three people each week. But um, that was five years ago. And when you go in the park now, you wouldn't recognise it. Um, it's got what's called green flag status in the UK, which means it's, um, it ticks all the boxes um, in terms of being you know, a, a well-renowned area of open space. Um, the whole thing has been regenerated. Um, beautiful paths through it now. Um, there's two lovely cafes there. Yeah, it's just a really, really lovely place to be all, all, all year round. Um, and even though I've since moved away from there, I go back there all the time to to say hi to all the, all the people I made friends with over that first couple of years at Parkrun there. And that was pretty much the way that, um, that I really got started. From there, I went on to be an ambassador and started, was lucky enough to be involved with starting lots of different events um, all around North London and the areas just north of London. Um, and then in 2015, I came on staff. But I don't think if it was if it wasn't without um, Gladstone Parkrun, which is the parkrun I'm talking about, if it wasn't for Gladstone Parkrun, then I don't think my involvement would be what it is today. So just just seeing the way that um that the community, the way that it was, um, really embraced the parkrun, and the way that the the community in the park has transformed in that time um, is really quite special. Now you've moved away from there. You've and have you started up any more parkruns yourself, or just involved as an ambassador, helping events get up? So I was an ambassador from early 2013 until uh, 2016, um, and I was involved with uh, starting around 20 new events across the patch that I covered. Uh, I think it was 17 5K events and three junior park runs from memory, and that was an incredibly re rewarding thing to do. Um, there weren't many park runs in that area when I moved there, um, and there weren't really any event teams coming to me saying, We'd like a parkrun in this area. Uh, so I went out and spoke to um, a few councils and a few landowners and started to plant the seed to try and get some support. Um, and that seemed to be there in most cases. So after that, it was just reaching out to a few people in those communities and, and finding event teams um, or potential event teams who were keen to, to get involved. And once we got the first, I guess, four or five started um, across my patch, then that started to really foster um, a lot of interest from people. So it became a more traditional uh, way of starting events when they would come to me and, and I would support them uh, through the process as an ambassador does. But I, I just, um, I absolutely loved uh, starting those new events. It gave me a really um, much broader insight um, into the way that park runs are started um, and the way that, um, you know, teams relate to each other, dynamics in different events and whatnot. Um, and it also gave me a wonderful network of contacts. Um, so I can't do my job in the UK uh, without the people that I know um, and the stories that come to me. And so having that network of contacts across that area has just been you know, absolutely priceless for me uh, in terms of doing what I do. So it was a real shame to step down as an ambassador. Um, uh, last year it was. But uh, such is the growth in that area. There are now five or six ambassadors covering that patch that I took on back in 2013. Um, so they started a lot more events um, and there are many more prospects in the uh, in the diary at the moment. When I was over in the UK, I was lucky enough to go for a run with you and we ran 
an amazing bit of freedom run at your local park run. What what are some of your top three park runs that you've run over this journey? I imagine there's a few. That's a that's a really hard question. So the the event that you mentioned is Rushmere Park Run, um, which is in Buckinghamshire, uh, which is where I've been living for the past few years, uh, and I was the event director there until recently. Um, and it's in a as you know in a, a beautiful country park. Um, in a, it's an ancient woodland actually. It's about a thousand years old, so it's a beautiful place to run. Um, but I'm quite biased, so um, I won't put Rushmere in my top three, I suppose. Uh, one of my all-time favourites is up in the Lake District in Cumbria, which is in the northwest of England. There's an event there called Fell Foot, which runs along the shoreline of Lake Windermere, which is the largest lake in England. Uh, and it sits underneath uh, the highest mountains in England as well. Um, so it's a, a really dramatic setting. Uh, and the first time that I was there, I was lucky enough to be there on a very rare uh, cloudless morning. Uh, and the run goes along uh, the shore of the lake. It's a, it's a trail course. Um, so it's certainly not, certainly not flat, but by the Lake District standards, um, it is pretty flat because they are some pretty hefty mountains up there. And, yeah, it's on the National Trust property. Uh, absolutely stunning to look at. Really great community feel. Uh, I remember speaking to the run director that morning um, who was doing it for the very first time. And to this day, um, there's no doubt, did the funniest pre-run briefing I've ever heard in my life. So I'd love to see where they are now because they certainly started with a bang. Uh, But one thing I'll always remember about the first time I was there was um, I was running pretty well in those days. And uh, I ran one of my fastest times. And just after I'd finished and got scanned, I turned around and there was a young woman, maybe 20 or 21, came flying through the finish funnel belly broke stride, getting her barcode out of her shorts, getting scanned, and then running along the shoreline into the National Trust Cafe and Visitor Centre. And I thought, oh, that's, that's strange. Never mind. I had my camera with me. So I went back out on the course and got some lovely photos because it was a beautiful morning. Uh, and then after the run had finished, went into the cafe with the core team. And I looked up and the woman who was about to, um, to serve me, make the coffees, was a woman who'd been behind me in the finishing funnel. I said, I recognise you. You were out on the run. And she said, yeah, um, my shift starts at 9.30. And bearing in mind, England Park Run start at 9 a.m. She said, oh, my, um, my shift starts at 9.30. So as long as I run in about 20 minutes, um, I can get in here, get changed, um, and be on time for my shift. So I, um, I got a photo of her uh, pouring coffees with her barcode uh, pinned to her shirt. So that's one thing that I'll, I'll never forget. She's got some good time management skills, obviously. She does, and obviously motivates her to run as fast as she can as well. (laughs) I love that she's not using work as an excuse not to run on a Saturday morning. Exactly, exactly. Okay, Glenn, so we've we've had a few of your highlights. Now, if money were no object, time was no object, you could go anywhere in the world, where would you park run? Ah. Probably a bit of a cliche, this one, but it is true. There's, a, there's an island off island um, called Bear Island, and it's a community of about 160 people, uh, and they have a park run there. And it's a real uh, bucket list destination for a lot of people, um, particularly in the UK. Pretty much everybody on the island is involved in park run in some capacity, whether it be running, walking, volunteering, or in the local cafe, or uh, driving the ferry from the mainland across to the island. So most people take the early ferry across, do the park run, which is on the roads on the island, 
have a coffee and then come back across to the mainland. Um, they also have a running festival out there uh, every August. So um, a pipe dream of mine is to go out and do the park run and the running festival over a weekend. But it's right off the south uh, southwest coast of Ireland, so it's quite a difficult place to get to. So it's on the list, but if money was no object, um, then I'd certainly go next August. Well, you're back in Australia now, currently, for Christmas and New Year. I imagine you've got some Aussie park runs lined up. Are you looking forward to sampling some of what we've got to offer? I absolutely am. Uh, the last time I was home was almost five years ago. Uh, so back then I ran St. Peter's, uh, Parramatta and Gin and Dara Park Run in Canberra, uh, which starts on the steps of my old dorm from university. Um, so that was a, a nice event to run. Uh, since then, obviously, there's been exponential growth in Australia. So there are, there are green dots all over the map. Um, I don't really get a say where I park run. Um, my parents are two of the most fanatical park runners you could meet. So mum's had a Google spreadsheet together for months now. Um, and as the Christmas compendium is filled up, she's filled out, out the options that we have for, for festive park runs. Um, so we're based in Shell Harbour, um, a couple of hours south of Sydney. So we'll definitely be at Shell Harbour this Saturday. Um, and then after that, um, mum has got the spreadsheet together for the rest of the trip. Uh, so I think it'll be a, a Christmas Day park run in North Wollongong. Um, then we're visiting family down in Victoria for a week. So we'll probably do two or three down in Gippsland. So not too far from you, Scott. Um, and then uh, the last ones will be back in New South Wales. So uh, I think we're looking at doing the launch of Huskisson uh, just before I fly back. Um, and one other to be confirmed. So yeah, lots on the lots on the agenda. Uh, it's nice coming home over Christmas because obviously you get the extra Christmas Day and the um, the New Year's Day double. So I'm hoping to maximise my park running whilst I'm home. It's a good time to be visiting, no doubt. Before we let you go, Glenn, there's one story that's piqued my interest over in the UK, how, how it came about and how it's going, and that's the park run that started up in the prison. And I understand there's another one on the cards. Uh, you were involved in that, I imagine. How is that going and, and how did it come about? Can you tell us that story? Yeah, so... Um... It was the brainchild of a guy called Shane Spencer. Um, Shane's a PE supervising officer um, in a prison called Haverick, uh, which is up in up in Cumbria, uh, in the northwest of England. Um, and he was he was looking for ways to uh, engage prisoners who weren't involved um, in the gym program in his prison. Um, and so he did a, a survey of them and said, "Look, you know, we really want you to be taking part in physical activity." Um, because we know that there are obvious benefits there. Um, that, that's no secret um, in the prison estate that there are significant advantages um, to taking part in physical activity. Um, and he said, what do, you, what do you guys want to do? Um, and overwhelmingly, those guys who were surveyed came back and said, we'd like to, to run and we'd like to do it outside. So he was aware that right near the prison um, is a park run called Millen, which hadn't been going for very long. Uh, so he went down there and volunteered um, for a while just to, to find out more about what parkrun was. Um, and he decided that that would be um, you know, a, a wonderful initiative to introduce uh, to a prison environment. So he got in touch with us um, and said, look, um, we'd love to have a parkrun here. Uh, these are the reasons why. Um, obviously, we'd be the first and there are going to be operational challenges there from both sides. Um, but 
you know, if you're if you're keen to help us make it work, then we think it can. Um, so over the next few months, probably three or four months, uh, we had a lot of internal discussions um, about whether or not we could do it from an operational point of view, um, how it would be perceived, what the impact would be, um, what the potential uh, potential problems or issues might crop up. So um, all of those things were discussed. Um, we also spoke to a lot of external bodies um, who are involved in the prison estate, um, whether it be promoting physical activity um, or volunteering uh, or um, anything to do with um, reintegration of prisoners, so educational programs, for example. Um, and, and after all those discussions had taken place, it was decided that, yes, this was something not just we could do, something that we really believed in doing and something that could have you know, a, a really significant impact, um, not just in that prison, but if that was successful, then scaling it um, around the UK and perhaps around the world one day. So, yeah, having put all that together, um, the last thing to do was put together a, a really strong communication strategy um, around how we were going to do it and what would happen if we started to get some negative publicity. Um, we, I guess we never really knew how the parkrun population, general population, how the press and media would react to this announcement. Um, and we were conscious, I guess, that there could be you know, a, a big newspaper headline in one of the tabloids the next day um, about how prisoners should be you know, staring at a wall for, for 23 hours and not be allowed to go out and take part in fun things like parkrun, for example. So we prepared really diligently for that and worked closely with the, the government ministry that looks after prisons, which is the, the Ministry of Justice. Um, and a few days before the first event, we publicly announced it. And I think it's fair to say that 99.9% of the feedback that we received and the comments that were made were really, really positive, which was, you know, great for us and really showed what we were doing was not just the right thing to do, but had been really well received by, by the general public. Um, and I think we're six or seven weeks in now, and having had discussions with a couple of people involved in that park run, um, it's obviously um, proving to be a real success, so much so that we've, um, we've just booked in the start date of our second uh, prison park run, which will be uh, in Northern Ireland in early January. Um, and there are an awful lot more prisons that have expressed an interest um, so they've obviously seen the model um, and realised it's, it's something they could implement in their prisons. And we've also had a lot of support from, from high up um, in the government, in the ministry, politicians and decision makers who've looked at this and said, yes, this is, this is definitely something that we should be supporting. So overwhelmingly so far, um, it has been a real success. Um, but I think until, until some of these prisoners who are taking part in this park run um, are actually reintroduced into society, um, we won't really know what the full impact is. Um, but I think we're all pretty confident that there are going to be some great examples of how physical activity and the volunteering opportunities that these prisoners have um, is going to help them when they are reintroduced to society. So I think the most important thing to say is that, you know, this idea of physical activity and education and volunteering is not, is not a new thing in a prison environment. But what we bring to the table really, just like in the general population, is that it's a really sustainable concept. And so there's no doubt in my mind that in the future we're going to have um, all things going well, um, a number of other uh, prison park runs. Um, and if they all prove to be as successful as what Black Coombe has been so far, then, then that's, a, that's, that's a great thing. Well, we certainly think it's another fabulous thing that Parkrun is doing. Glenn, thank you for joining us for the 
final episode of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast for 2017. We have loved having you on the show and sharing all your experiences and stories with us. But before we let you go to enjoy some more holiday jet lag in Australia, can you give us a Christmas bonbon joke? Everybody else has been giving us bonbon jokes and uh, we... We've been getting the best ones from everyone. So if you've got one handy. Um, I do, um, only because I was down at the beach yesterday with a couple of friends of mine um, who were both golfers, and they hit me with one. So uh, I think it goes, what do you call a crazy golfer? A crazy golfer. Um, no, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. What do you call a crazy golfer? A crack putt. <laughs> It made me laugh anyway, so I'm not sure what that says about me, but there you go. They're so bad, they're good. That's that's the key, I think. Indeed. G'day Parkrun Adventurers, it's Lyndall here from the Channel 5 News Crew checking in for the last time in 2017, and that means it's Christmas time. And Christmas time means crackers, means terrible hats and excellent jokes. So here's one of my favourites. How does Santa like his pizza? Deep pan, crisp and even. So if you don't get that, let me just sing it to you in the spirit of the Parkrun Adventurers Choir. Santa likes his pizza deep and crisp and even. If you still don't get that, here's a backup joke. What do you call a kid that doesn't believe in Santa? A rebel without a clause, of course. Alrighty. Well, thanks for a great 2017, everybody. Have a wonderful Christmas and a fantastic new year. And if you are adventuring around to different park runs, please travel safely and we'll see you in the new year. of a segment called State of the Nation which went down a treat with all our listeners and because we decided that it should be a big super fun episode for the end of the year we're bringing it back and to kick us off all the way from sunny Victoria we have the delightful Ashney Millis. Ashney welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers. Hi Mel how are you? I'm super great and thank you for joining us. Now, are you ready to give us the state of the nation for Victoria? I am. Awesome. Take it away. So Victoria has had a big year launching 16 new events and that's two more than last year. Um, We now have 58 events for tourists to choose from. Recently, we have launched Marriott Waters, Sunbury, Coonwarra and Bannockburn Bush. We also already have four events booked in for next year, those being Gardner's Creek, Bright, Lakes Entrance and Nil. Also, keep an eye out for Ocean Grove, Rosebud, Warrandyte and Birdsland, where event directors and ambassadors are busily trying to set up new events. Also, on the 20th of Jan, we have the small seaside town of Port Ferry's first anniversary. Uh, Great stuff, Ashney, for the greatest state. Now, you mentioned a couple (laughs) of events there that uh, Birdsland I'm not 100% sure of, but where is Birdsland, for example? Uh, So I believe Birdsland is in um, Belgrave Heights, so probably about 50k from Melbourne, say like the end of the train line. I also want to mention 
over January, our friends down at Torquay are going to have to shut their park run down. I think some people might have yeah. adventured down to Torquay, but all they have to do is yeah. go up the road a bit to Port Arlington or Ballyang Century, and they'll still get a park run in. Apart from that, yeah, it's all systems right. go over Christmas and New Year's. Thanks for joining us and telling us all about no worries, thank you. the greatest state, Victoria. No worries, thank you so much. And now we're heading down to our island state, our smaller state, but one state that's been kicking goals this year. Welcome back to the podcast for the third time, almost a regular Christine Timms. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks, Mel. How are we? We're great. We're great. I know Tasmania is great too. Tell us all about what's been happening in the past year and what you've got planned coming up. Well, it's been a really busy year down here in Tassie. We started the year with three events at Launceston, Hobart and Devonport. Um, We've launched another three since then. So we launched Georgetown in April, Railton at the end of October and just on the 9th of December we launched Windsor Precinct in Launceston. And that actually happened on the very same day as our first event in Tassie Launceston celebrated their 250th event. So that was a really nice synergy there. Uh, as a result of all the activity down here, life's got a little bit busy for me as the only event ambassador. So I'm very pleased that we've been able to welcome Ben Brockman as a new event ambassador. He came on board in November. And Ben is actually the event director at Devonport Park Run in the Northwest. So welcome to Ben. Um, Just before we launched Windsor Precinct, we were very uh, fortunate to have won the Physical Activity Award at the Tasmania Community Achievement Awards just at the beginning of December, which uh, came with a lovely trophy and also a $1,000 cheque, which will help pay for half a DFib down here. So very happy with that and very proud of all the volunteers who've made Park Run happen. Uh, And then just last week, we were awarded a Healthy Tasmania Community Innovations Grant, and that will enable us to fund another two new events in Tasmania in 2018. So really pleased with the engagement uh, with council and government levels down here, all the different levels of government. So the awards and the grants really just give us some recognition that all levels of government down here actually really recognise the value of parkrun in Tasmania. And we've been very fortunate that the local councils have also been in a position to fund all or part of some of our events. So um, Railton was partially funded by the Kentish Council and Windsor Precinct was funded by the West Tamar Council with a great deal of support there. And big news is Burnie City Council have actually put up the funding to fund a new Burnie Park Run and they're making some significant infrastructure changes which will actually allow that to happen sometime next year. Moving on, we're also launching Queen's Domain Park Run in Hobart on the 20th of January. Now, this one's a little bit exciting for the um, adventurers because it will be a new compass point. So it'll take over from Hobart Park Run as the southern point of the Park Run compass. And of course, for the Alphabet tourists, it's a queue, which is not that easy to come come by either. So that's very exciting for us. Uh, Another exciting event that we had at Launceston uh, in, I think it was November, was that we had a gentleman by the name of Andrew Lane come and visit us, just out of the blue. And Andrew came up to me as the run director and handed me his gold park run barcode. 
Now, the people who have a gold parkrun barcode are actually the parkrun pioneers. So he was one of the original 13 parkrunners way back in 2004. So we're very excited to meet Andrew and even more excited. I think he was more excited than we were because he was actually doing his very first parkrun outside of England. So he hadn't even done one outside of England in Scotland or Ireland. We were the very first. So that was very exciting. Um, moving further into next year, so we doubled our events in 2017 and with the funding opportunities that we've got coming up and the several events in the pipeline, we actually look set to double again in 2018, which means that the event ambassadors are going to be extraordinarily busy along with the event teams who are organising those new events. And we would love another event ambassador in the south because just between you and me, quite a bit of that activity will be down south. So that's it. Not that much happening in Tassie, really. Wow. We barely got two words out of you, Chris. <laughs> that's amazing. And you're, you're as got, um, Scotty mentioned, you're hitting goals down there. I mean, you, you are messing with... Um, compass points and the alphabet and you're making it more difficult for people to become statesmen in Tassie but love it it's so incredible that you doubled this year and you're gonna hopefully double again next year we're very very excited and now it's not all about states in the state of the nation we're going to talk to the territories too and we're going to visit the northern territory now and welcome back to the pod Mark Connolly thanks for having me Scott thanks Mel last time we talked we talked about Palmerston. Have we got more exciting things happening in the Northern Territory this time around? Uh, yes, we've got a few things coming up. We finished, we turned one not recently with um, Palmerston and turned four for Darwin. And coming February, we'll have a new event in the Territory and a new a new Northern Compass Point, actually. Well, this is, Damn it! This, this is a revelation. Yes. <laughs> so tell us about it. What's this new event that's going to cause havoc? <laughs> The new event's called Nightcliffe, so it's on the Nightcliffe foreshore. It's a suburb up here in Darwin. It's a lovely run right along the beachfront there, um, cliffs, water, stuff like that. Nice park. Yeah, and it um, looks like it's going to go ahead at the end of February. Pretty cool name too. Is Nightcliffe the name of the suburb or the park? Yeah, the suburb that it's in. That's correct. Also known as the nightlife. Okay, and what about for the for next year? What have we got coming up? Have we got any prospects? Uh, there's always a few prospects going around. We keep hearing about Catherine and keep hearing from Alice Springs, but just not enough to pull through. I do expect either one of those two in the next uh, year or so. Just got to find the right person to keep following up on that. So if the right person is listening to the podcast or if somebody is listening to the podcast who knows the right person, please send them to Park Runs Way so they can talk to Mark Connolly. I concur with Scotty. Nightcliff is a kick-ass name for a park run. It's, I think, worthy of coming back to, um, you know, the Northern Territory, so grabbing another compass point. Far out, all you guys everywhere, the compass points are shifting this year. It's going to get very expensive with flights. Yeah, there's already been two in the last couple of months. This will be a third one. Yeah, and well, Tassie's going down too, so that's, that's a completely new compass by the middle of next year. Exciting, though. Exciting as well as challenging. Time to turn our attention to our national capital and surrounding areas, and we welcome back Denise Clark, who, a little birdie told me, completed her 200th park run on the weekend. So welcome back, Denise. 
Thanks so much for having me on the podcast this morning and happy Christmas to all your parkrun adventurers who are likely packing their barcodes and checking the compendium to map out their holiday runs. Um, I was a bit excited to run my 200th on Saturday, so that was a bit exciting to start the weekend. Um, I hope a few of them come along to Canberra um, over the Christmas New Year period. We have two events on the opposite sides of town that are putting on Christmas Day and New Year's Day events this year. Tuggeranong and Gungalan are the events. Christmas Day Park Run will run at the usual 8am, but they have worked together for New Year's Day so that park runners can go to both. Tuggeranong will be at 7.30am start and then Gungalan will kick off at 9.30, so plenty of time to get across to both events. We have a bit happening here in and around Canberra with two new events coming in the new year. Firstly, on the 10th of February, we will help launch Goulburn Park Run. We have a super enthusiastic event director there named Ange. She's a lovely, she has a lovely course mapped out along the Wallandilly River, starting at Marsden Weir Park. This is a great out and back course and perfect for high fives. The community is very excited about getting a park run and we're lucky enough to have secured the support of Medibank through their free and active program. We have another event launching within the ACT. We're very excited to have our first off-road trail park run in the ACT. Coombs Park Run is out on the western side of Canberra and it's a real growth area at the moment, so it will be interesting to see how this event grows. Their run starts on the banks of a couple of beautiful ponds and runs along the edge of the suburb on the fire trail. It's also an out-and-back course and has a really wide open gravel track. Plenty of room for lots of enthusiastic and high-fiving park runners. Coombs Park Run will launch on the 17th of March. I think those who have run all of the ACT Park Runs are now capitalists, so they will all need to get along to Coombs sometime in the, next, in the new year to regain their capitalist status. So growth um, in Canberra. Park Run has continued to grow here around the ACT with over 20,000 park runners now registered across our five park runs, including Queanbeyan, which is just across the border. I remember only a few years back when we were talking to the ACT government that we were thrilled about having 10,000 parkrunners registered. The event teams here are doing such an awesome job each and, e each and every week. They put on super friendly events that just attract more and more people. In 2016, we averaged around 650 parkrunners across the events each week. It looks like we're actually going to top 900 per week in 2017. Not a bad effort across five events when you consider we also have minus six degrees to start our winter. Well, that's exciting, Denise. There's, um, you, guys are, you guys are going gangbusters too. It's great to see the growth across Australia as we, we stop into each state and territory. So thank you for joining us. That's been awesome. Thank you very much for inviting me so we can share what's happening in Canberra. And now we're headed to my home state to find out all that has happened and will happen in Queensland in the general vicinity of time that we're in. And to do that, to give us the lowdown, we have Fiona Edmonds joining us. Fee, welcome to the Parkrun Adventures podcast. Hi Mel, hi Scott, how are you? Good, thanks. I should say welcome back because you've been here before. But I digress. Tell us what's going on in Queensland. Well, there's always heaps going on in Queensland. It's a wonderful state to park run in because we have so many wonderful events and so many wonderful people setting up events around the place. 
I've taken a lot of time out this year from um, running in my local events and been ticking off a few more around the state and getting to quite a few launches. So back in about September, I went to uh, Redcliffe launch and was very surprised with over 700 people just turn up on the beachfront for a run that day, as I expect a lot of the locals were a bit surprised what was going on that day too. Um, followed that along to uh, about two weeks later off to Oki, where I was out there on the Friday afternoon helping Zoe um, with the marking out the course and swatting insects and all that sort of gear. And that, that was a, a lovely little run out there, a little three looper. And they've come along a long way and, and that's going to be a gorgeous run out there if anybody wants to tick off the O off their alphabet tourism. Um, Cloncurry's been happening as well, which is way, way out west. Everybody thinks Queensland's a small state, but um, if you get onto a map and start looking at the distances it takes to Cloncurry, I think Michael Schultz could probably uh, validate how far it is to get out there. It's out near Mount Isa. Um, then we've had another couple of uh, around the place in Brisbane. We've had Lota, where I went out to the beachfront there again and uh, did another lovely run along the beach. It was a cooler day that day, but there were still over 200 people that made it out to that launch. Uh, where else have we gone? We've gone out, well, we had a bit of a clash the following week and it was a bit hard for the tourist people to decide where to uh to, to plant themselves that week and some of us went out to Miles and the other bunch of us went out to North Harbour. So that was a bit of a split for the week, which was wonderful. Uh, Miles is a lovely country run. Look, if you want to get out in the country of Queensland, that I recommend going out to Miles and having a bit of an explore out there. And that's a great little out and back run along the, the riverfront there, which is a nice concrete path, you know, lots of trees around the place. You even run past a cemetery out there. And, um, and St George has just come up as well. So um, another Western Queensland one. So West Queensland's doing really, really well this year. So in, in the southern part here. So that's where we're at with the, uh, the launches. We've got um, there's some new launches coming up into the new year. And, um, and I'm sure the, uh, the park run tourists are after their alphabet are already fully aware that on the 20th of January, Zilmia will be launching. So I expect that will be a huge day. So if you don't like crowds, I don't think that would be the day to go there. But um, otherwise, if you want to join in all the fun with all the people along with having the first Z park run in Australia, that'll be Zilmia, which is just in the northern suburbs of Brisbane, for those that don't know. And uh, the week after, it's a long weekend for Australia Day. I know where I'm planning to be, and that's going to Bagara which is uh, up near uh, Bundaberg where the turtles are out once again on the beach and um, I'm hoping to do that park run um, on the 27th of January and join them up there for their launch. So we've got a bit of activity going on around the place. And coming up in the future, we've got a whole bunch of events in Queensland that look like they're, they're ready to rock and roll, but various stages of readiness. We've got... Places like Forest Lake with a course mat out at uh, Graceville Riverside. 
Oxley Creek Common are all in the Brisbane vicinity. We've got Victory Heights going up on the Sunshine Coast, which is going to be a, a trail run, um, purpose-built, and looks like it's going to be absolutely awesome. Can't wait to get onto that when it's ready. And if there's a few other places that are uh, – we've got some – People out there showing some interest, trying to get some park runs up and running in places like Lake Wyvernhoe, at Woodford, at Cardwell, Doomagee, up at the Burdekin in northern Queensland, out into Room, all sorts of places like that that are just absolutely wonderful to go travelling to. Did Queensland is taking off. I mean, you've got the Commonwealth Games funding kicking in, but there's a whole heap of names there. I think uh, you've excited a few Adventure is there, Fiona. Have you you mentioned Bagara? You're going up to that, looking at the pictures. That looks like a beauty. You must be excited about that one. Oh, absolutely! And it's still turtle season, right? Smack bang in it. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to making a long weekend of it with some friends up in taking their uh, their camping gear up there. I'm not a camper, but I'll um, I'll off the that for the sake of a park run and um, go and stay up there and we hope to go out and do some turtle spotting too. It's always great. I actually caught the other end of the turtle season when um, the the hatchlings were heading out. So I know we've got turtle watchers happening all along the Sunshine Coast at the moment too, having them come in to lay their eggs. So that that's another beautiful aspect of park run tourism and going on adventures is being able to take part in the things that happen in the locations around the parkrun events. So sounds like we're in for a very fun year in Queensland, 2018. Going to be another one to top 2017. Thanks for joining us to tell us all about it, Fee. Thanks, guys. Catch you soon. Now we're headed off to South Australia to find out all the goss in this ever-growing parkrun state. And to help us with the virtual tour, we have... John Lang. John, welcome to the Parkrun Adventures podcast. Thanks, Mel. Good to be here. Let, let's jump right in. Tell us what's going on in South Australia. Alrighty. So it's been a big year for us here in SA. We've um, doubled our number of events this year. So we've launched 10 new events with the latest one being Renella Reese, just the weekend past, um, which has obviously made a huge impact on what's going on over here. So lots more tourism options, both for SA park runners and for those of you coming from interstate. And we were pretty lucky really with that in that um, we got a state government grant earlier in the year and that's really helped to push along and get a lot of these park runs that were ready to go just over the line. So big thanks to the Officer Reckon Sport um, at the SA government there for that one. Um, and as I say, yeah, lots of these are going to be great ones for tourists. We've got quite a few good regional park runs up and running this year. We we know about Nuriutpa that um, regular listeners will be aware you guys came along and visited at the launch. So up in the Barossa Valley there, we've also got the likes of Kangaroo Island, Port Lincoln over on what we term as the West Coast here in SA. So lots more to kind of get around and get amongst. But um yeah, we're not stopping there. We've already got two launches planned for early next year here in SA. So we're heading over to the York Peninsula and we've got Edithburg, um, which is right down the bottom end. And that's on part of the Walk the York Trail along the coast there. And then we head up to the north of the, um, of the York Peninsula there just a couple of weeks later and we want launch Port Broughton, 
And that's going to be a good one for SA and for tourism in general. Um, with about four and a half k's of that is actually going to be on the sand on the beach. So that's going to be one of those ones with a tide table. And uh, depending on what the tide's doing and what the tide brings as to how hard or how straightforward it is, I guess. Um, so along with those launches, we've got seven other prospects bubbling away and a fair handful of other whispers um, and early, early discussions going on as well. So it looks like we're going to still be in for some good growth and a few more to be getting up and running here as well throughout next year. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out. And I'm sure you'll hear the likes of PK and Greta getting around and amongst it here throughout the next year with some further reporting on the on the pod as we keep going forward. I um, guess the next thing for most listeners to be interested in is Christmas and New Year's. So we've got two Xmas events running. We've got Mawson Lakes and Mount Barker. And then on New Year's Day, we've got quite a few and we're jumping up from one double option last year, which is Mount Barker Strath, and that's going to be going again. But also Mawson Lakes and Carisbrook are going to be joining in on that, along with Torrens and Lockhill. And alongside all of those, Victor Harbour will be running and Mount Gambia will be running just individually. So that'd be pretty cool. Some good options there to get out and get your fix and start the new year. And uh, if you are a are an adventurer, then we have a bit of a thing that's starting to build hope over here in SA, which is a run between the uh, the doubles as well. So, um, yeah, Mount Barker to Strath started off last year, and um, that's about 20 k's. That's one for the fast folk to get in amongst. But um, I'm going to be heading from Mawson Lakes up to Carisbrook, and that's about 10 k in between. So anyone wants to uh, join in there, jump on the Jump on the Facebook and find out some of the extra bits and pieces that we got going on. Um, I guess the other thing that's kind of excited is we started having our first kind of ponderings as well about joining you guys all in the longest run into next year as we filled in some of our gaps and increased our number of events. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out, I guess, in the middle of the year as we move towards some of that stuff happening as well. So, yeah, exciting times here in SA. Still got lots to do. Still got lots of stuff that we can um look forward to for next year in 2018 and um we hope to see some of you guys out and about great work john what i like about sa is it sounds like you've got some great diversity in your courses there and you're going to introduce port broughton on the sand so that's that's great for the guys you guys over there yeah and we we kicked off a first sort of trail based one this year at cleland which is my home event and um that's got a nice big hill in it, Scotty. So I reckon you'll like that. So um, yeah, it's um, we we are we've we've kind of got as we've expanded in this number now, we can kind of dabble into some of those different kind of surfaces and uh, terrains and yeah, that diversity, as you say. We touched on it there as well. This is your first time on the pod, so we're going to let you go a bit longer. Tell us about Cleveland. Okay. You've become an event director for the first time, and how have you enjoyed that experience? Yeah, it's been really good. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, look, I, I was part of the, the Mount Barker crew that we hear quite a bit from with PK and Greta and many of those guys. And there's always been a bit of a thing about getting out and doing something different from within the Mount Barker group. And um, yeah, I guess we've seen it a little bit more here. I mean, the guys that started up Strath Album, which is not too far in the opposite direction to Cleland, um, they originally were at Mount Barker and we've got 
I don't know, they've got a good half a dozen at least, if not more now, that are um, statesmen over there as well that, that run out of the Mount Barker Cree. So um, it's always been on the cards. And, yeah, we're starting to develop that a little bit at Cleland as well. We've got people getting out and about and amongst it and visiting different park runs around the state and interstate as well. So, yeah, it's been really good fun. Just quietly, outside of my home state, I think South Australia is my favourite, favourite one. Um, for, you know, not only for the vineyards, but also for the park runs. So um, if if I had to choose another one where I'd want to be a statesman, it's that one. And I, I plan to come back and maybe next year I'll manage it over the new year period so I can get three in. But longest run, oh, gosh, there's so much, so much going on. You guys are having a great time down there. Thank you very much for joining us today, John. We really appreciate all your input and, and giving us the sneaky inside word on what's going on. Another beach run too. Oh, there's just, sorry, I'm beside myself. There's so much to be excited about. Thanks again. Not a problem, Mel. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Mel. Last but definitely not least, we're heading over to WA, but we're actually not because poor old Maddie Trent has come down with a bit of a man flu, or maybe even bordering on pneumonia. So that's okay. That's okay, because we're just going to bring in our intern that you were all introduced to last week to fill the void created by Maddie Trent's illness. So take it away, um, Parkrun Adventurer intern number one. Here is a bit of a snapshot from the West. 2017 saw WA get to 26 events with six launches throughout the year. Included in this was Australia's most isolated parkrun Port Headland that got underway at the start of November. Port Headland Parkrun is 1,427 kilometres from its nearest neighbour south, Kalgoorlie Boulder, and 2,412 kilometres from Darwin, the next parkrun around the coast. We will hit 27 events in the West on the first Saturday of 2018 when we get a new westernmost park run with the launch of Margaret River Park Run on January 6. This is a trail event that finishes right under the decking of the Harry Marone Cafe so the timekeeper can settle into a table with a muffin and flat white. On Christmas Day we've got nine events in WA including three in the country which is great to see. New Year's Day is very popular with 14 of 26 events running and quite a few doubles available in Perth with start times from 7.30 through to 9.30. Thanks for my opportunity, Maddie. Hope you're better soon. Wishing everyone a very Merry Christmas and a sweaty New Year, and a Bon Bon joke. What happened to the man who stole the advent calendar? He got 25 days. Merry Christmas, parkrunners. It's Toc for the Channel 5 News crew. What do you get if you cross a duck with a Christmas bonbon? The answer, a Christmas quacker. Have a great Christmas and a happy new year, everyone. Cheers. Hey, parkrun adventurers, it's Greta here, checking in to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Um, have fun at this time of year, look after each other. Um, the best time of year around this time because you get to do more park runs than usual. Enjoy all of those Christmas Day runs and New Year's doubles for those who are lucky enough to get to them. 
And I'm going to leave you with my favourite Christmas cracker joke um, to give you a bit of a laugh, which is, how do snowmen get around? By icicle. Have a good one, everyone. See you next year. Merry Christmas to Mel and Scott and all the parkrun adventurers, volunteers and event teams around the country. Hope you have a fantastic Christmas and looking forward to an awesome new year in 2018. What lies in a pram and wobbles? A jelly baby. Merry Christmas. Good morning Parkrun Adventurers, it's Lyndall. I'm adventuring again today um, out at Lota, um, which is out again a lovely Moreton Bay course in the eastern suburbs of Brisbane. Now, I was listening to the Parkrun Adventurers podcast this morning on my way to Parkrun um, and Mel was talking about her Nendi, which I've never heard that term before, but I'm presuming it's something to do with the nearest park run you haven't done yet i could be making a complete idiot of myself in talking about this but i think lota might be my nendi so there you go i'm at my nendi out at lota morton bay let's get into it and we'll have a chat afterwards okay so here we are by morton bay with kurt and victoria and their park dog trooper how are you going today fantastic a very hot one today very good, thank you. Yes, Trooper's a bit hot though. He needed a lot of water at the end. <laughs> I bet he did. He's still <laughs> sniffing around for some now. Um, so, event number five. So, you started up not too long ago. How's it been going and um, how's the community here at Loader Park Run? So, we found around about, from launch we had 334 at launch. We've settled down to an average of about 70 per week. Uh, we've uh, had probably 50 new participants to Parkrun itself um, and uh, obviously first participants to the event so there was plenty of Parkrun uh, PBs which everyone was happy about. Uh, mm-hmm. The local community's wrapped with it so far. Excellent and how about you Victoria? Yeah I've volunteered a few times this is only my second or third run um, in the Parkrun but I, I love the course a bit of grass a bit of gravel a bit of sand a bit of um, bit of different uh, terrain there for us which is a little bit different to the Wynnum Park run and so it's a good swap between the two and it's sort of breaking the numbers up between the two so it's great. Yeah, yeah so to clarify Wynnum is just up the road what yeah. 5k's 10k's up the road 3k's up the road and Wynnum's a long established park run here mm. in Brisbane it's a really popular park yeah. run along the um, boardwalk at Wynnum and um, so how did you guys get into park run then? So we were involved with uh, Wynnum, just volunteering and running and participating um, across across the last probably three years. We worked out that it was starting to get a little bit too big and we should uh, provide another event down this way to uh, allow for incremental growth of, of uh, Parkrun itself across Australia. Excellent. And you found a... You're probably a bit creative here with the course, I have to say, because it's not just all on, on bike path, as you were saying, Victoria. There's a bit of long grass, a bit of sand track. And, look, I'm a fan of that. Being from Bunyaville, I love a bit of a mixed terrain course. So, well done. Um, and so, 70 a week, you get a lot of the same regulars. And it seems like a nice little community, you know. However long after the park run, there's still 20 or 30 people sitting around having a chat. Yeah, and that's what we've found. We've found that um, it's a really low-key community event. So, and we've had a lot of new people in the area. So, that's really helped. And, and they seem to be all joining in. So, it's made a huge difference. And we've found that we haven't had as many women people transferring and... and alternating between the two it's been more newcomers to the area so which is is a real big positive sure is excellent well um so 
that's a, probably a wrap really thanks for your time today well done and well done for making such a great community um, event here at Lota and for your contribution to Parkrun Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining us. <laughs> okay, so now at the finish line, I've found three of the um, ladies here from Caltex. Um, just introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Tony. Nirvana. I'm Kat. Now, you did your first park run today? I did. Well, walk. 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 Very important. That's okay. That's the spirit of park run. You can walk, <laughs> you can do whatever you like. And how was it? It was great. Lovely breeze. Beautiful spot. Very friendly. Everyone was very friendly as they passed. Excellent. So will you come back? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about you? You're a regular park runner? A regular park runner at Wynnum and Minipi and Calabar. Yep, so a bit of a local tourister. Yeah. yeah. Um, first time doing the loader one other than the trial, but it was a really good course. Excellent. And your story? Yeah, so this is my first one as well. I've just joined with Caltex and thought I'd pop down with Tony for the morning and it's been beautiful. Lovely. Excellent. And the connection for you guys with this park run is that um, the local Caltex has donated a defibrillator. I see. I told you I wouldn't be able to say it. You're going to have to say it, Tony. So uh, the Caltex Manufacturing has a community relationship and uh, Kurt approached us and asked us if we would buy a defibrillator for park run loader and we're very happy to do so. So we handed that over today. And luckily no one needed it, including me. <laughs> yeah, it's a great day here today. Well, it's a great story and that's what Park Run's all about, is getting the community involved. Um, all the Park Runs around Australia are all run on sponsorship, so this is a great example of local grassroots sponsorship. So good on you, well done. And I hope I see you all of you at a Park Run again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Alrighty, Scotty and Mel, that is a wrap from me from Lota Park Run, eastern suburbs of Brisbane. Um, the neighbour of Wynnum Park Run, which is known to many Park Run adventurers around the traps. Um, so the course, as we've said, mixed terrain course along Moreton Bay, a few lovely glimpses of the water. Um, and lots of water on course as well, plenty of water taps, so it's a good one to hit up during the summer um, if you're looking for somewhere to adventure in Brisbane. All right, I'll see you next time from the Channel 5 News crew. Bye for now. Good morning, Parkrun adventurers. It's Greta here, and I'm at the Ranella East Parkrun. Um, and Ranella East is launching today, and it's an absolutely beautiful day here in Adelaide. Uh, it's going to be about 28 degrees, and we're in for a hot one tomorrow, so I think we've picked the best day for the launch. Um, so Ranella East launch is the last launch in South Australia um, in what's been a really busy year for South Australia. Um, and this is a lovely um, park run sort of down south of Adelaide. Um, in a kind of uh, wetlands area. So we'll go and do the run and see what we think. So I'm now here at the Ranella East Park Run and I'm with Errol. How are you going, Errol? Yeah, good, thank you, Greta. Yep, excellent. How did you like the run this morning? Yeah, no, it was a good course. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, a bit of a mix of um, gravel and um, concrete path. Yeah, it was nice around a wetland. Oh, really good. Yeah. And um, I hear that you're a um, South Australian statesman, so doing this one today, have you retained your statesmanship? Yes, yep. It's getting pretty hard to keep the statesman going, but yes, no, it's been really good. So yeah, there's, like, there's a few of us from Mount Barker that that um, keep their statesmanship too, so yeah, which is really good. Yeah, great.
Okay, so I'm now here with Sam and we're um, at the Ranella East Parkrun launch. How are you going, Sam? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And now you were the tail walker today. Yes, yes, I was. I've done it a few times before and I thought it'd be a great chance to come out for a... Uh, opening event so and volunteer and get out there so it was perfect weather as well so. oh beautiful day today thank you so much for volunteering your time no worries i i enjoy doing it. it's something i've missed um i used to do a lot of in the past and i've missed a bit so i'm bringing that back to parkrun and supporting the community so yeah it's very good i love it that's awesome so whereabouts have you volunteered before uh i've volunteered all the way from mawson lakes carisbrook um Victor Harbour, that's where I started doing parkrun. I used to live in Strathalbyn and I haven't done Strathalbyn parkrun. But yeah, no, all around. So yeah, so I enjoy it. Victor Harbour is probably my favourite parkrun. It's nice and scenic. So It is a beautiful one, isn't it? It is. And the Porteous family are a uh, great family. So, <laughs> Legend. yeah. Yeah, Legends. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah. And what are your favourite volunteer roles? Um, I enjoy tail walking, but I also enjoy photography as well. So bringing photography into it and helping out, and that's often a role that is hard to fill. So at a lot of park runs, um, Mawson and Carisbrook, they've generally got a photographer that sort of does them, like most weeks. But yeah, a lot of them they struggle for photographers. So yeah, so I enjoy that role. So. Fantastic. Well, thank you for stepping up, and thank you for coming along to Renella East today. And I hope to see you at another park run soon. No worries. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sam. Enjoy. Okay, and I'm now here with Rebecca and Christy, and you guys have just done the Ranella East Park Run. How did you find it? It was lovely. The um, moving course was really good for the mind and um, helped keep you distracted. Yeah. Good fun, lovely scenery. Lovely. And what about you? How did you like it? Beautiful course, yeah. Um, around the wetlands, really beautiful. Lovely. And how many are you guys regular park runners, or is this your first park run? We do go now every Saturday. I used to be a regular and had a bit of a holiday and now I'm trying to get back in the routine of coming and uh, Christy drags me out every week and I love it. And I hear that, uh, Christy, you do a, a Friday night call to make sure everyone's ready to go to Park Run the next day, is that right? That's correct. I check with them and make sure they're ready to come out on Saturday and where we're going to go. Yes. And you do a fair bit of visiting around to different park runs? We do, yes. Where have you been? Um, Mount Barker, Murray Bridge, um, Christie's Beach, Mawson Lakes, um, Lockhill. Where, where haven't you been? <laughs> Pretty much most of them. Yeah, haven't been to Port Lincoln yet. Right, oh, yeah, well that's a fair tre- trek, isn't it? It is, and same as KI. Yeah. And what do you like about Parkrun? What's your favourite thing about Parkrun? Uh, definitely the community and the social feel, I think. It's such a community feel. Everyone's so supportive, whether you're walking or you're running. It's amazing. Yeah. How about you, Rebecca? What's your favourite thing about Parkrun? Yeah, definitely the social aspect. I just like um, getting to know the same sort of people wherever you go. You know people and um, not just about the running and the actual exercising, but it's about just having a good time. And I just knowing that there's people that you know just helps with accountability. And you just get out and you get some Ks done and then you get to have fun and have a coffee. What could be better? Nothing. <laughs> coffee is amazing. And running. Join them together and you've got your perfect day out. Oh, lovely. Well, thank you so much for coming along to Ranella East Parkrun launch today. And I hope to see you at a parkrun in the future. Not a problem. We'll see you then. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I'm now here with Jane. And Jane, we've just done the Ranella East Parkrun launch. How did you find it? 
I, I found it really good. I like the two laps and I like the fact that you got to um, see everyone several times. So it's really friendly and you get to see all the fast people and the slower people at the back and, and everyone's really um, friendly and supportive and it's a nice, beautiful location. Lots of uh, opportunities for high fives. Absolutely, yeah. I got a few high fives. I'm not sure exactly who the person was that was high fiving me, but that's the thing I love about Harper and everyone's <laughs> friends there. It doesn't matter, does it? No, not at all. <laughs> and is this your first park run or have you done a few? I've done a few. Um, I, 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 it was a, a 190 something for me today. I'm, uh, I'm working up towards. Oh, yeah, so that is a few. Just a few, yeah. I'm working up towards my, my big 200, so um, yeah. Okay. And you, have you have got any plans for your 200? Well, I, I was, I did my very first one at Torrens, which happened to also be the very first Torrens Park Run and the first park run in South Australia, so I'd like to do it there. It's a nice claim to fame. Yeah, so we've got, there's a couple of launches coming up um, in the country in the next few months, so I'm trying to, to work my 200 so it sort of falls on a week when I can go to Torrens and be back where it all began. And so how are you going with your plan? Are you on track? I am on track as long as I get Christmas and the double on New Year's Day. So I've got, I've, I've, I've got a bit of work to do. But yes, um, by the end of January, um, I should hit my 200. Awesome. Right. And so can you miss one or you've got absolutely no um, room to move? <laughs> Not really. I've, I'm, I've, I've already got a, I'm already missing a couple in January when I'm away. So um, so. I can't miss any more. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So thank, thank you so much for talking to me. And thanks for coming to Renella East Park Run. And good luck with getting your, your 200th at Torrens. Thank you very much. It's a beautiful event. Everyone should come down and run it. It is gorgeous. Thanks, Jay. No worries. So I'm now here with the event director for the Renella East Park Run, Rachel. How are you going, Rachel? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Congratulations on a successful launch. It went really well today. Yeah, it was really exciting. It's been a long time coming. So, yeah, everyone was really excited just to get it off the ground. Yeah, that's awesome. So I've run the course, but for the listeners at home, can you tell us a little bit about the course? Uh, yeah, so it's a two-loop course around uh, wetlands at Ranella East. So it's um, part uh, paved, part gravel, a um, little bit out and back at one section. But, yeah, it's a varied terrain and over some bridges over the wetlands. So it's a really beautiful course, nice and shady as well. Yes, the bridges were very popular today. There was lots of mention about the bridges. Yeah, everyone loves them and especially, um, you know, first thing in the morning, the sun reflects off the water and it's just, you know, amazing and nice and fresh to be out there too. So yeah, No, it was gorgeous. Um, and so what was your journey in terms of getting to this point with Ranella East Park Run? Uh, so probably we started talking about uh, finding a new uh, location in about May this year. I'm um, just thinking about that, you know, the local park runs were starting, you know, to get to capacity. So we thought that, you know, getting something, um, you know, close-ish, but, you know, um, and we found this area was... Well, close to my house, but you know, and I've been a regular park runner for a long time, so it was kind of just a natural progression that you know I would, you know, eventually, I guess, start, you know, to take, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so where did where was your home park run? Where did you start park running? Well, um, when I first started park running, where I lived was about 50 minutes drive from either Torrens. Victor Harbour or Mount Barker so I would just rotate between the three so it was a long drive for a 5k but you know it's dedication yeah well I mean the parkrun community is amazing so we just you know it was easy you know just to to do it in the morning so I think Torrens was probably the one that I went to mostly because it was 
you know, could go to work straight afterwards and stuff like yeah. that when I was working yeah. on Saturday mornings. And now I think you're about 500 metres from the start. Oh, Hillary. yeah, just about. <laughs> so, yeah, when I just walk here, yeah. you know, when we were doing all the planning and everything. So it is yeah. just around the corner for me. And the council here have been very supportive, I hear. Yeah, the council have really been supportive and um, the Halo, which is their, you know, active um Part or you know where they sponsor active type of things in the community. Obviously, to them, it's a no-brainer just to you know support these kind of things because for a one-off you know donation, basically that they get an ongoing you know ongoing active you know part of their community. Yeah, so yeah. Why, why wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so no, that's great. And um, we're now sort of at the Gooby Goose here in um, in the shopping centre having our coffee, and they've been really supportive as well. Yeah, they've been great. I think that they're a bit overwhelmed this morning <laughs> for the launch. That when I said you know we'll have like lots of people come after, and they so oh yeah yeah, and then this morning when you know like you know eight, we had 150 people turn up. <laughs> yeah, I think they were a bit overwhelmed, but they were really good, and they yeah. got through. A everyone really quickly and so yeah it's um and awesome coffee oh it was really good coffee so apparently they're uh won an award for the best iced latte in south australia as well oh, so I, that's what i had and it was very nice yeah <laughs> yeah excellent well look congratulations on such a successful launch it was a beautiful day gorgeous course such positive feedback well done congratulations thank you so much greta i appreciate all your help too thank you thank you stellar work to round out the year from our channel five Newscrew female contingent. Well done, Lyndall and Greta. No more launches for the year. That was the last one, Ranella East. But as we're going to have a little bit of a break, do you think it's appropriate, Mel, that we tell our listeners what's coming up in the new year? Because there are more events coming in early January. Yeah, let's um, let's let's cross off the first three weeks of January just to be comfy. Yep. Now, bear in mind, a bit bit of a caveat here, these might change, because things change, as evidenced by Margaret River, which was ready to launch earlier this year, uh, but some things happened. Originally planned for the beginning of December, and now, when is it, Scotty? It's now scheduled for the 6th of January. So, on the 13th, we've got Huskisson in New South Wales. On the 20th, we've got Edithburg in South Australia and Gardner's Creek in Victoria. As well as Queen's Domain in Tassie and Zilmere in Queensland. So all events for people to um, take note of. That's four different states launching new events on the 20th. One of them's got a queue, which we all know the queue are very um, sought after. And Zilmere will be the first Z or Z, as you like to say, Um in Australia, so that one's definitely going to be very popular. And I think we mentioned a little bit earlier that we'll both be there. Yes, we will. So we're going to come back in 2018, the week after Zilmia. But let's jump over to the anniversaries. So we do have one anniversary this week, sneaking it in on the Christmas-themed uh, weekend, which is Underwood Park in Queensland. Do you think they're going to have a Christmas-themed anniversary? I believe they are, Yes. Okay, and in the new year, on the 6th of January, we've got Lawson, Queen's Rocks, Rocks Riverside and Tannum Sands celebrating their anniversaries on the 6th. We've got, on the 13th, Pioneer in WA, Shepparton in Victoria and Wandai in Queensland all celebrating anniversaries also. And on the 20th, Lithgow in New South Wales, Point Cook down in Victoria and St Peter's in New South Wales. That's what's happening around the country in the next few weeks. I'm interested to find out what you're doing 
Mel, over the next week or so, as we both sit on 48 different events. We do. It's the pointy end of getting to that 50 different event milestone. Um, well, this weekend I am heading to Lota, so which is where Lindor just was, um, because that's the closest park run to my Brisbane family, where I will be spending an early Christmas. And uh, Christmas Day park run, I will be volunteering at Nambour. So I'll leave it up to... I'm, I'm not going to mention whether or not I'm going somewhere new or not new on the 30th. I'm just I'm just going to be mysterious. How about you, Scotty? You're, you're headed away for Christmas. You've got some adventures planned? We're heading up to Sydney. So uh-huh. I, I haven't done any... Of, well, no, I have. That's a lie. I've run Parramatta, but... Haven't visited Sydney Park Runs extensively, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to add a new one over the New Year period. So it's going to Excellent. be Excellent. Well, that's 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 at least one. Yeah. But we all know New Year's Day doubles is for adventuring, so the the 50th is going to fall somewhere for either or, or both of us. Something to look forward to when we come back next year. It is. It is. Does that just about wrap it up for 2017? It does. I think so. I would like to thank you for another awesome year of podcasting. It has been very fun. Many highlights. uh, Many, many squeezy weeks of trying to get episodes out to all our adventurers out there. And I really do appreciate I know you do a lot more work than I do, and everybody else should know that too. So thank you for giving us all the amount of time that you have, Scotty. You're awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, and that's not entirely true because um, you equally do a lot of work for the podcast, which I do appreciate. And uh, together as a team, I think we, we pull off something that uh, I enjoy, you enjoy, we know some people enjoy, and uh, we'll continue doing it. For the foreseeable future, I'd like to, I'd like to do this again next year. I enjoy our Christmas episodes. So we originally we had a goal of getting to fifty. Um, our next goal is going to be a hundred. So let's just keep let's keep on that path and see where we go. And have a safe and merry festive season. Hey, before you go, before you go, do you, you know how I was, I was speaking to one of my mates today, and uh, he suggested, are we going to have any? You know, have a breakfast radio. They bring in the uh, second team, the B team, over summer. Oh, yeah, they, they bring in, yeah, okay. <laughs> so do you reckon we should bring in the B team? Like if anybody else, we don't have a B team, but I'm open to the idea of if someone wants to. Uh, to do the podcast while we're, we're, while we're on hiatus. We're back in January the 23rd or 4th. Yep. So there's an opening there if anybody wants to. Get in touch. If, it, if anybody's keen, there's a couple of weeks. Challenge is out there. Let's see if it's accepted. Now we can wrap it up. Okay. Um, oh, we should also just mention quickly, um, the Parkrun Adventurers Listener Meetup is in the voting stages of location. So if you haven't yet joined the Facebook group and you're interested in in attending that in 2018, get along over and like the page and Vote for where you want the location to be. We're not saying that that's where the location will be. (laughs) But by all means, have a say. Have your say. 
<laughs> but it ultimately come down to us. And Gary. Oh, and you know what? We we put the challenge out there. So Gary Murphy has been auditioning the last couple of roving reports that he did for the Channel 5 News crew. And we told him that if he was willing to sing our Christmas carol for the introduction this week, that that would be his uh, initiation into the Channel 5 News crew. So is that where we should end, Scotty? Hmm. Should we make him work a bit harder? Or a promise is a promise. A promise is a promise. Gary, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> you're a hard taskmaster. Ah, Gary's awesome. He's in. Uh, the crew rounds out for the year. We're accepting applications for 2018. All you have to do is take your phone, turn it upside down and press record. Be hilarious. Be hilarious is, is a key, key requirement. Um, but just meet new people and, and we want to hear those stories from different park runs. But on that note, Mel, see you next year. See you next year, Scotty. <laughs>